Hi, I'm Eva Marchingo. You're listening to a bonus story from the Undercover Podcast. Eve Barlow is a Glaswegian music journalist currently based in LA. She's made waves as a tastemaker and music critic and has documented artists on the road and in studio. She's freelanced for The Guardian, GQ, New Yorker, Pitchfork and Billboard, among many other high-profile publications. She's also interviewed some of the world's biggest stars, including Billie Eilish, Liam Gallagher, Kim Kardashian and the 1975. But now we turn the mic on to Eve and ask her about the future now for music journalism. people need media and I've just been disappointed by you know a lot of older journalists who are having a tantrum on Twitter about the end of days I think it doesn't do any anyone any favors it doesn't help anyone when that's happening I think I posted something a couple of weeks ago because I got really angry about that because I feel as though it's up to the older generations to be leaders in the space and to fight for like our industry like fight for what we love the caption that you put on um that instagram post of the tweet was um pursue your dreams why would you do anything else when the world is on fire i sent it to all of my um (laughs) student peers i was like yes guys like we can do this you know the real tweet that i could have tweeted rather than the one that you saw was kind of (laughs) fyi I have never taken advice from an old white media male executive. And had I done that, I would not be sitting here now doing what I do, you know? I just want graduates and young journalists, people entering the field right now, just to know that this is exactly the same conversation that was being had 10, 12, however many years ago. When I was trying to become a journalist, I I was, told exactly the same thing. I think at that point in 2008, the conversations around print versus web media were so slow to get going. And that's been a huge part of the problem. Like the web has moved so quickly and way too quickly for print to catch up with it. Um, Maybe what I represented to some of the people that were trying to discourage me was the kind of elephant in the room that they didn't want to pay attention to, you know, the younger millennial generation who grew up online. I can see it happening again, you know, I don't know what the what the vertical or the app or like whatever it is that exists now that I would try and use to create a platform for myself or to kind of like get ahead of the the trend or whatever but at that time I always had my Twitter page open and I would sit there all day I'm talking about like 2010 to 2012-ish I would just be like keyboard warrioring like firing off all of my opinions about new music publicists were starting to like cotton on to me I was a tastemaker quite early on and you know, but people didn't really like lend me the gravitas, the gravitas or like the authority. They would just be like, why is she hearing it? It's not out yet. 
why is she already like why is she like I remember getting in trouble with Lana Del Rey's publicist like really early on but the point I'm trying to make is that the only way that I could promote my voice was on Twitter and then what happened was that the the guy who had just been promoted to editor of the NME DM'd me one day and said, hey, I've been following you for like a year and I think you're really funny and you have really like on point perspective on new music. Do you want to come and interview to be my deputy editor? And so I did and I went to interview and I got the job. And that was because of Twitter. Like that was because I was making a name for myself on a platform that was not, that was new and that was scary to traditional media. Do you have any advice to young journalists who are about to enter the field? Had there not been a global recession in 2007, I would never have pursued my dream. So I actually pursued it because the world was on fire, you know? Um, And I think to your question, Sometimes when things look like they can't get any worse, that is the situation in which there is most opportunity. Even even if you don't think there's a clear path or even if you don't think one exists, we haven't been in lockdown for very long, but the world as we knew it has crumbled pretty quickly. And the reason why that's happened is because so many of our systems and not just in media, So many of our systems are so fundamentally flawed and have been so in dire need of repair for so long. Where the system is broken, there is opportunity for younger, sharper minds who aren't as tired out by the slog of it, of like having to have survived in the juggernaut for decades plus. who understand new media in a way that is, as I was saying earlier, more kind of ingrained and organic because it's just your language. I know that I'm onto the right thing when, when the kids like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, I, I think that the key is to make sure that what you have to offer leans on your understanding of the new world and of new directions and of ways to like cure these broken systems because that's what that's what these old dudes need i would encourage getting as like getting as new school as possible frankly i mean maybe as an addendum it's not easy it's not easy at all and you're going to have a lot of days when you feel as though it's never going to happen And that will continue probably throughout your career. The imposter syndrome is kind of like, it can come up all the time, anytime, particularly at the beginning. I ask Eve what she thinks the future of journalism will do after this pandemic and whether she thinks the quality of the journalism being produced will be improved. As human beings, we actually don't digress that much. We really don't. There are certain things that we always need and we love stories and we've loved them since the dawn of time, you know? There's always going to be a place for real storytelling. It's just about where it exists, what what the access is gonna look like. 
and how people are going to accrue value to it because it is valuable in this time people have massively slowed down there's going to be less there's still going to be the things that we love but there's going to be less of it and i think in order to justify the price tag people are going to want better quality even though it can be really hard the things that you learn while you're navigating difficulties and struggle are the things that are going to help you the most when you're riding high because in all respects this too shall pass whether it's good or bad you know you can be optimistic for sure you have to be i don't really know why anyone is going to be anything other than optimistic but you have to be realistic with it Storytelling, like Eve said, always has and always will have a place in our society. Now especially we need quality journalism. We need people who will relay stories from the front line, who will explain the inconceivable things that happen in our world every day, and who will hold people in power accountable for their actions. Our team at Undercover would like to thank you for listening and supporting our journalism. We work hard to bring you quality, balanced and unbiased journalism to make you feel less alone. Undercover is a podcast made by the faces of the future of journalism. We are committed to bringing quality coverage and ask only for your support in return. We hope that you've enjoyed this bonus episode of Undercover. Make sure to check out the full episode eight as well as subscribe and rate our podcast. You can find all of our latest updates at undercover.podcast on Instagram and at under underscore cover on Twitter. Stay informed, stay curious, and stay safe.